Welcome to Ministries That Podcast, where I talk to successful ministry leaders about how they're using podcasting to amplify their mission and grow their ministry so you can too. I'm Tim Hall, your host and owner of Sonomorphic, a podcast production company that specializes in podcasting for ministries. My guest today is Elizabeth Urbanowitz, host of Foundation Worldview Podcast. She's the founder of Foundation Worldview, which is an organization that helps Christian adults equip children to carefully evaluate every idea and understand the truth of the biblical worldview. She's passionate about preparing the next generation to be lifelong critical thinkers and, most importantly, lifelong disciples of Jesus Christ. In today's episode, Elizabeth and I are going to talk about the genesis for starting Foundation Worldview, the benefit of publishing episodes on both podcast and YouTube, and how the team effort behind the podcast has enabled her to focus on creating great content. So let's jump right in. Here's my conversation with Elizabeth Urbanowitz. Elizabeth, thanks so much for joining me on the podcast today. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for having me on, Tim. Yeah. So I first heard about you and Foundation Worldview when you were on Michael Easley in Context just recently back in 2022. You're talking about helping kids form a biblical worldview. And I really enjoyed hearing that conversation and finding out more about the work that you do at Foundation Worldview. And then it was just the following month, as I was doing some research, that the episode published and then you started your podcast. And so I'd love to hear you share first, before we get into the podcast side of things, what made you want to start Foundation Worldview? Oh, that's a very long answer, but I'll try to (laughs) summarize. (laughs) So I was a teacher at a Christian school. I taught third grade at a Christian school for a decade. And when I was teaching, I noticed that my students, they came from these great Christian homes. I was giving them a biblically-based education all day long, and most of them were fairly involved in a local church, but they were still rapidly absorbing ideas from the culture without any question. And I realized that while they knew all of the Bible answers in Bible class, they didn't really understand how to evaluate every idea that came their way in culture through a biblical lens. So I just started looking for materials that would help young children do that. And I couldn't find anything that was really going to transform the way that they thought. And so I just started creating my own materials for my students, never with the intention of publishing them or starting a company. (laughs) But when people saw the transformation in the students in my classroom, lots of people started asking me for the materials. And I was like, you can't have them because I'm a third grade teacher. I'm not a Christian publishing house. (laughs) So several years into people asking me, I was like, okay, there must be something here. So I went back to school to Biola to get an apologetics degree to make sure I really knew what I was talking about. And then halfway through that degree, left teaching to start Foundation Worldview. So that's in a nutshell how we started. (laughs) Yeah, that's a cool journey. So tell me about starting the podcast and some of the conversations that you and your team had going from starting Foundation Worldview to deciding, okay, hey, let's look at podcasting as an avenue that we should pursue. Yeah. So the way that that started is, you know, I'm a teacher by trade, even though, you know, now I'm running a curriculum company. And so we started back in, I guess it was the beginning of 2022, we started hosting monthly webinars Mm. where either I would do teaching or I would interview an author and we just have some kind of session on how we as Christian adults can help raise the next generation to understand the truth of the biblical worldview. And the webinars ran for an hour. First 45 minutes were the teaching time. Last 15 minutes was a live Q&A. And we would have time usually to answer anywhere from three to five questions. And sometimes we'd get up to 50 questions. (laughs) submitted live during a webinar. And so we thought, you know, we have to find a way, you know, if people are 
giving up an hour of their time to come live and we get to, you know, answer less than one tenth of the questions that come in, we have to find a way to actually answer the questions. And so we decided, you know, let's do a podcast. It's going to mainly be for parents. And we know, you know, especially moms and moms are busy. So let's answer one question at a time, keep it under 20 minutes, you know, so it's just a quick, you know, can listen to it in the car on the way to soccer practice or way to pick the kids up from school. So that's how it started with just needing some kind of avenue to answer all of the questions that came in. (laughs) Nice. Did you have any specific goal with starting it besides, hey, this is a desire based on what we're seeing? Was there any goal then of like, okay, how can this additionally help the ministry that you're doing? That's a good question. I think it was mainly just to answer those questions and just to be a further resource for parents to have just because, you know, there's so many great podcasts out there. And our goal at Foundation Worldview is we never want to create competition in the marketplace. You know, sometimes people are like, oh, are you going to create high school resources? And we're like, no, because there's lots of other companies out there creating Mm. really good worldview resources for high schoolers. And our goal isn't to try to create competition. Our goal is to find, you know, where there's a hole and to meet that need. And so what we wanted to do is say like, okay, you know, there's not too many people talking about discipleship from the angle of how can we equip our kids to think biblically. And so we just thought, you know, this would be a, you know, probably a good resource for many Christian parents out there. Yeah, for sure. So you also, I've noticed you publish your episodes on the podcast as well as on YouTube. What have you found to be the benefit of being on both platforms? Yes. So I do have to be honest that I am the content creator. (laughs) I do not do the production side. So I have a great team, you know, that does the sound engineering and all that other kind of good stuff that I actually don't even know very much about. (laughs) So the benefit that we have found is, you know, podcasts, especially for our audience, that our audience is primarily moms. You know, most of our audience is between the ages of 28 and 45. And so to have an avenue where they don't have to watch something. They can just, you know, sit their phone down or, you know, connect it to their car or whatever. So podcasting platforms are great for that because moms are busy and, you know, they can just listen to things. And then YouTube is helpful because just with the algorithms on YouTube, YouTube pushes things out to people in a different way than, Mm -hmm. you know, Apple Podcasts or Spotify. So we find that more people discover our content just organically on YouTube than they do on the podcasting platforms that when people are finding us on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify or I don't even know the other one, the other ones <laughs> that we have it out on, usually they're specifically looking for us right. where mm-hmm. most of our YouTube audience is people that have like, it's been the next suggested video or it's like mm-hmm. popped up for them and then they've discovered us. So that's kind of been the benefit of being on both podcasting platforms and YouTube. Yeah, for sure. I've done some research as I've been helping my clients and podcasts, the discoverability is low. Like you usually find out about a podcast because you're talking to somebody and it comes up in a conversation or maybe they post about it on social, but it's more of a person to person word of mouth kind of strategy. Whereas YouTube, the great part about it, like you're saying, is that with the algorithm, it's going to start pushing stuff in front of people and that can work out really well for discoverability in that regard. Has there been any ways that you've found specifically that are working really well on YouTube? 
Yeah, some of the things we're still very much experimenting. We've only been doing this podcast for just a little bit over a year. So, you know, recently we've been experimenting with shorts on YouTube, you know, Mm -hmm. so just taking, you know, like a less than 90 second clip and putting that out on YouTube. And that's helped more people discover us. Also, we've been putting some of our podcasts on YouTube. We've actually been having some paid advertisements on Facebook, just because you can, especially on Facebook and Instagram, you can get really specific with who you're wanting to target. You know, and it's taken us some experimentation to figure out, you know, what is the correct audience there. But those are two of the ways that we found that has been helpful to grow the YouTube audience. Yeah, that's great. So now, like you're saying, you've been doing the podcast for about a year. How has it helped you amplify your mission and grow your ministry at Foundation Worldview? Well, I think even just personally, so you know, many podcasts are different. So not everybody is answering questions on their podcast, but I feel like it's really helped sharpen me Mm. because we get lots of questions. And so some of them are things I've never thought through before, or nor did I even know, you know, that parents were thinking about. And so it's been really helpful for me to have these questions to have to like think through and research them. Yeah. So I I think that's helped really sharpen me and it's helped. We still want to stay in the same lane, you know, in our ministry, Mm -hmm. we're not trying to broaden like and do too many things, but just within that lane, you know, expand the subject areas that we're covering. So I think that's been helpful in that it's been helping me as a content creator, Mm, you know, expand my repertoire of areas that I have researched and thought through. Um, And then it's also just helpful for when people write into our ministry. So, you know, we get, you know, hundreds of emails every week with people asking questions. And so as our podcast library grows, you know, rather than typing out a response, we can be like, here's the answer to that question. And so that's really helpful just to have that whole library and to be able to, you know, pass along an episode when people write in questions. Yeah, for sure. And I noticed as I was looking down through the podcast feed, even though you've only been publishing for a year, you've already published over 124 episodes, which means you're more than weekly publishing. Tell me about the decision to publish with that frequency. Yeah. And so we're still experimenting with this. You know, we're going to try one more year of we post every, except for like on holidays, we post every Tuesday and Thursday. So, you know, just when we had Thanksgiving in November, you know, we didn't publish one on Thanksgiving. (laughs) But since it's shorter, we thought it's not like we're coming out with an hour episode, you Mm -hmm. know, where it would be kind of overwhelming for people to be like, oh my gosh, two hours every week. You know, most of our podcasts are around 12 to 14 minutes Mm -hmm. long. So we thought that that would be a good frequency. If, you know, things change, we might try, you know, after another year, we might try to just go to once a week. We're still very much experimenting with this. One thing though, that I think was really, really important is just, I had watched different friends and different ministries start podcasts. And one thing I noticed is that for the first, you know, anywhere from three to six months, people start out really strong and they're recording regularly. And then somewhere between that three to six month marks, things start to peter off. And like where you might've been getting content once a week, then it becomes once a month, then it becomes once Mm -hmm. every other month. And so something just with my personality that I'm really passionate about is that if I'm going to take something on, I want to do it well and I want to do it consistently. So we started publishing our podcast, I believe it was in September of 2022. We started recording episodes in May of 2022. And we had 50 episodes in the queue before we went live with any of them. So even right now, like I think 
last week we published, you know, episode 120 something, where we have yeah. over 160 episodes recorded. And that's just been really helpful because now we don't ever feel like we're behind. Last month, I got laryngitis for three weeks, you know, and it wasn't like that was three weeks where we didn't have a podcast. It was no problem, you know, because we're already mm. three to four months in advance of that. So that's just something, you know, for anybody considering podcasting, that has just been a really good rhythm for us because it's not stressful. Right. It's not overwhelming. So if you can start off and have like a whole lot in the queue before you go live, that way, if you're developing, you know, a group of followers who really appreciate your content, you're not disappointing them by being like, yeah, we're starting out gung-ho really strong. And then, oh, what happened? I don't really know. We got sick. We got tired, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Life got in the way. That's a huge thing. You know, I've been doing podcasting for nine plus years at this point. And as I tell people about looking to start a podcast, it's like, I map out the plan and always have at least a month's worth of content recorded already. So you well surpassed that, which is fantastic. (laughs) And it sounds like you're very much a planning person. So tell me a little bit about your process of filtering those questions that come in, because it sounds like you're getting a ton of questions. How do you filter those down and get to, okay, we should talk about this next on the podcast? Mm -hmm. Well, I'm really blessed in that I have a whole team of people, you know, that we're working on this together, that I might be the face and the voice of the podcast, but I'm not the only one who's working on it. And so one thing that's been really huge, I think, and again, we're still a relatively small podcast, you know, in our first week of releasing an episode, usually on the podcasting platforms, we usually get about 2000 listens. And then on YouTube in that first week, we get about 500. So, you know, we're still under 3000. So it's still a relatively small podcast. It's not like we have tens of thousands of listeners. However, one thing that has been really helpful is people on my team who actually do research on search engine optimization and what are some key terms that people are searching for. And so people on my team will do research for that and then we'll look, okay, what questions did we have that came in that you know, fall within this? And then how can we title the episode and things like that? Now, we're not just looking for hot button topics. You know, anytime <laughs> anytime we publish something where it's me giving an analysis of something or potentially a critique, you know, especially on YouTube that gets thousands right. of views. You know, I did an episode where I was critiquing the orange curriculum or, mm. you know, somebody wrote in, is the Jesus Storybook Bible theologically accurate? And those kind of things, they get tons and tons of views just because people, I don't know, they just love listening to, is this heretical? <laughs> so we don't specifically try to just do things that are going to be hot topics, but things that people are going to find helpful. You know, just several months ago, one person on my team was like, helping explain divorce to children Mm. is something that's coming up really high in SEO. So we looked through our questions and we had probably about five questions come in about divorce. And so we actually thought, okay, how can we boil these questions down to like one key question? And so then we recorded an episode on that. So that's been really helpful, you know, just looking at, you know, how many questions are coming in about something. You know, sometimes we get questions that are like really, really specific about a specific situation. And so what we'll try to do then is try to like, okay, how can we take this question and like broaden it so Mm. that we're helping this person in that, but also speaking to a larger audience who, you know, the majority of our listeners aren't walking through that exact situation. And then the other thing, this might sound strange, but the other thing we try to be really intentional about is encouraging people when they are writing in a question about a specific situation to talk with those 
leaders in their local church Mm -hmm. (laughs) because, you know, we can only know so much about a situation. And I think it can be a mistake that we can make in that, you know, here I am sitting in my office, the person who wrote in this question, they're asking a question that's really deeply personal and going to affect them in a really big way. And I know so little of the situation. So I think it's just really important to be like, hey, here are some general guiding principles, but like you really need to be talking with the pastors, the elders at your church who can ask you questions, who can get to the root of this. So those are some of the things that have been important for us Mm -hmm. in figuring out what questions do we answer? How do we frame them? You know, what kind of responses do we give? Yeah, for sure. That's great that you have a team around you that can help filter those down and look at the search terms and know, okay, we should address this. This is trending. This applies to us. But this is also like the everyday stuff that people are dealing with. Podcasting takes a lot of time, effort, and to be honest, a lot of Googling. What if you could ask like-minded people how to overcome the challenges you're facing starting a podcast, growing a podcast, or producing multiple podcasts? I think starting a community like that would be super valuable, but I want to know what you think. Would you be interested in being part of a community of ministry leaders using podcasts to amplify their mission and grow their ministry? If so, let me know by filling out the interest form using the link in the show notes. The format of your podcast is solo, like you've talked about, that you're just mainly answering questions. But I've also noticed that sometimes on your YouTube channel, you also do some interviews. So what's been your decision-making on what to post where as far as what to post on podcasts and what to post on YouTube. So the interviews that you're referencing, those are actually webinars that we do. And so our format with webinars is webinars, people have to sign up for them if they want to view them. And so that's like a way for us, you know, we're a company that sells curriculum. And so for us, that's like a way that we do lead generation and nurturing. And so for webinars, you sign up for those and people can watch them live or they can watch them afterwards. Mm -hmm. And then usually about four months after a webinar has been live, then we'll just release it generally Mm. on YouTube just to broaden the audience there. So usually for the first three to four months, it's just people that have signed up to watch it and then we'll make it go live on YouTube. So that's the format we currently use for that. And those are longer where our podcasts are almost always under 20 minutes. Those usually are 60 minutes. And sometimes if we get a lot of questions, they're 70 (laughs) minutes. For sure. Have you ever considered when you were starting the podcast that maybe we should do interviews because we're doing those on the webinar or were you strictly like, hey, teaching is my background. That's the thing I'm passionate about. Let's just do that. Now, one day we may change this because again, you know, this is still new. It's under two years that we've been doing this podcast. I I greatly enjoy organization and keeping yeah. things the same. So if you've actually watched the podcast on YouTube, you may or may not have noticed I wear the same outfit. I do my hair the same way. So that way I can record six podcast episodes at a time yeah. and nobody, <laughs> nobody is the wiser. And so, no, we didn't ever think about doing interviews on the podcast just because that's our webinar format. Mm-hmm. And so we want to just keep things pretty similar. And also a lot of times when you're interviewing someone, you know, even you know, you and I are 20 minutes into this recording right here, you know, and we're still just getting into the conversation. And so Mm -hmm. if we're trying to keep an episode like around 15 minutes, it's like barely enough time to like even (laughs) have the person explain who they are. So that's why we've purposely just kept it like, no podcasts are just going to be answering questions. Now, every once in a while, 
we'll do something special on a podcast that's a little bit different. For example, we did one podcast where somebody wrote in a question, you know, like, how do I talk to kids about dinosaurs from a biblical perspective? Mm. And that just with the algorithms on YouTube, that was shown to a ton of atheists. And we just got like Mm. all these comments, you know, from atheists telling us, you know, like that we were brainwashing children, that we were doing child abuse, all this kind of stuff. And, you know, it's not my... God hasn't called me to go, you know, contend for the faith with Mm. online atheists. You know, some people he has called to that. Mm. We didn't respond to any of the comments, but we did a response video to that for parents. Mm. Like, hey, here's how you can take your kids through comments like this and show them how to think critically. You know, first we can ask, you know, like, is there anything we can agree with that this person has said? Then, you know, like, what's a question that we can ask this person to get further clarification on what they said? And then what's a question we can ask them to get them thinking? So every once in a while, we'll do like something special like that. Or I think for our 100th, episode, we just went through, you know, like, well, hey, here's an overview of the top five podcasts, you know, of our first 100 episodes. So every once in a while, we'll like switch it up a bit, but not too much. (laughs) (laughs) That's great, though. I mean, that's the great thing about podcasting and people that listen to podcasts, they're coming because they have an expectation of what they're going to get when they tune in. So that's huge that you've dialed that in, you know what works, you know what you want to put out and how that's going to be responded to by your listeners. And as you've been saying, you know, you take listener questions on most of those episodes. What's been the benefit of involving your audience in the podcast? I think it's both a benefit and sometimes a drawback too, (laughs) because it makes people feel heard. Mm -hmm. It gives them, you know, like an avenue to have their questions answered. So sometimes, you know, people will comment on YouTube, you know, or write in like, oh, I'm so excited, you know, that you answered this. So I think it's, you know, like a way to get them involved. I think for even people who don't, who haven't written in questions, a lot of times it helps them remember that they're not alone because the question that we're answering is something that they've had. So I think that's a real benefit. Sometimes the drawback is, you know, we get way more questions than we could ever answer, you know? So, I mean, it's not like we're only answering one out of every 10 questions, but we're answering like less than half the questions that come in. So one of the drawbacks is sometimes people's questions don't get answered. Like we try to make sure that we're always answering it in some form, like so that if we don't answer someone's specific question, we at least have a podcast that we can point them to. Or if we don't, you know, answer their question that we're still responding them to email saying, you know, we can't answer this question, but like, here's a good resource. But so there's benefits in making people feel heard, helping them know that they're not alone, but then also we can't answer every single question. So that's a drawback. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, engaging your audience, getting them involved, that just makes them more want to listen, right? Like specifically if they're writing in questions, they're like, oh, maybe one of these episodes coming up soon, I'll get on the podcast. Do you tell the people that ask the questions, hey, we're going to make an episode about this, or do you just build it out and it's a surprise and delight for them? Surprise! Yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I do preference every once in a while because that sometimes people will ask a time-sensitive question mm-hmm. and like it gets recorded and released like four months later. And I'm like, yeah. hey, sorry, I know this already <laughs> this already passed, but you know, you asked this in, you know, maybe in March, we recorded it in June. It's releasing in November. Sorry, but <laughs> hopefully this will be helpful even after the fact. <laughs> right, yeah. And you mentioned that you work with a team that helps you produce the podcasts and the YouTube videos. What's your role in the production process and how has the team enabled you to focus on creating content? Yeah, I think we've just gotten a good rhythm down, you know, as with everything, you know, it just takes a while to get your footing to realize what works. Mm -hmm. So basically my role in this is I go into our list of questions, you know, I mark what questions I'm recording when, and then I actually use the same platform that you and I are using right now, Riverside. You know, I go into Riverside, 
record the episodes and then, you know, my team that does the sound engineering and actually I don't even know everything they do. <laughs> they go in there and do what they need yeah. to do. It shows up on YouTube and Apple Podcasts and the other platforms on time. And then, you know, the team that runs our social media, you mm-hmm. know, they push it out to social media. And so I think that's really helpful it's really helpful to me because I know what my skill set is and I know what it is not. Yeah. <laughs> and it's definitely yeah, not huge. the technical end of things. So it's really helpful just knowing that I can focus on mm-hmm. what I'm good at and they can focus on what they're good at. Now, I know that, you know, a lot of your listeners are going to be different and that they're not going to be running a company that they're doing a podcast for. You know, it might be a 501c3, you know, or it might just be, you know, something that's personal, but I would encourage any listeners just to really think through how can I do this in a way that's most effective? Because, you know, for some of your listeners, it's going to be most effective for them to learn how to, you know, sound engineer and, you know, upload things on YouTube and Apple podcasts. But I think one thing we just need to be really careful of, especially in the ministry world, is that we're not trying to do everything and we're actually looking at what is a wise financial Mm -hmm. investment because, you know, different people are gifted differently. And, you know, for me, it is a better use of my time to just focus on content creation that's going to, you know, then drive people to our ministry and drive people to our resources that are ultimately going to help them and then invest financially in the other people on the team who are really good at what they're good at. And that was, I think, one of the best pieces of advice when I first started this company that I got, that I sat down with a friend who ran a company. It was a clothing company, actually. And so it wasn't specifically a ministry, but Mm -hmm. I just sat down with her and I was like, if you could have given yourself like one piece of advice when you started this company, you know, what would it have been? And she was like, I would tell myself to hire talented people before Mm -hmm. I think I can afford them because in the long run, I couldn't afford not to hire them. And that was so helpful for me that, you know, like at a time when Foundation Worldview was just starting off and I was like, oh, do we have the money to do this? And I was like, no, like, you know, like I don't want to be so tight (laughs) with finances that I'm not investing in people that are actually going to grow this. And so, yeah, so that's what I would just really encourage listeners to think through is what is a wise financial investment that will help get your content out to the people that it's really going to help and bless for God's kingdom. Yeah, that's great advice for everyone listening as well as myself as I'm running my podcast business. There are opportunities right now that I'm thinking about that's like, I really need somebody else to do that. I can do it. I totally can. I don't know as I should be doing it because I need to focus on other things. And that's huge, being able to drive your own lane. And we talked about a little bit earlier about YouTube and discoverability and doing some advertising. But what have you seen as the best strategy for growing your podcast audience and reaching more people? Yeah, that's a question that we're still figuring out. Yeah. <laughs> um, one thing that has been really helpful for us, and I think I would just encourage anybody else to do, is to really just keep a tight eye on the data and to be mm-hmm. every month reviewing that and asking yourself good questions to be trying different things out. So that's something that my team and I do. We have a set you know, budget for marketing. And so every month, the second week of every month during our second team meeting, we just go through, okay, like where have our advertising dollars been spent? What is the cost per click? What is the cost per lead? What is the cost per acquisition? You know, is this really worth it? And so, you know, some of the things that we are doing paid ads for are the podcast and the episodes. And so we've been looking and evaluating, you know, like, 
is it best where we have, you know, like a thumbnail of, you know, like the title of mm. the podcast, you know, like with the link right there to it? Are we driving people to the YouTube channel from that? Or is it more helpful to actually have a short from that podcast, mm. you know, with the captions yeah. underneath of it and, you know, push that out on Instagram or more people seeing it that way? Because just trying to figure out, you know, like what are people most drawn to? Mm. So that's been really helpful. And another thing that we ask ourselves that I just think is really important especially for Christians, because we want to make sure that we're doing what we're doing in a way that is biblical and honors the Lord, is we're always asking ourselves, are we just doing something as a clickbait? Like, is it like a bait and switch? Or are we actually drawing people in with really solid content? And so we're just really trying to be intentional about the way we're titling things or, you know, like what clips we're pulling out. Yeah, so that's what I'd really encourage people to do. You know, just keep your eye on the data. And that's, again, why I think it's so important on the front end to make sure that you're doing this in a way that's sustainable. Because right. if you're just trying to like catch up every week with the podcast, you're not going to have time to gather the data and to look at it and mm -hmm. to evaluate it. Where if you are setting up a pace where you're like, okay, we have a lot of episodes in the queue. Maybe this week we can't record any new podcasts, but we can draw in the data and figure out, okay, should we put advertising dollars here? You know, how can we get this out to more people? So that's something I would really encourage listeners to do. That's great that you're walking through all of that and being able to discern, okay, this type of advertising is working better in this situation, and this is working better in this situation, and starting to distill some of that down and know what to invest in because you know it's going to be successful. So as you look ahead, what are you excited about for the future of Foundation Worldview and the podcast? I'm excited for our ministry in general to continue expanding just the library of content mm. that we have because I think it's so beneficial. One of the YouTube channels that I follow pretty closely and really appreciate the content is Bible Thinker put out by Pastor Mike Winger. And one thing that I love about his site is they just have a search feature that you can go on and you can type in a question and it will pop up every video and the timestamp mark of where he answers that question. And I just wow. find that really helpful. And so we don't have something quite that advanced to like the timestamp, but we do have like a search feature on our site. And so I'm just really looking forward to expanding the content because even just, you know, earlier this morning, someone on my team forwarded me an email that they didn't know how to respond to with somebody writing in like a very personal question. And so I just went to our site, I typed in, you know, like a few keywords and all of the podcast episodes where we've covered that popped up and I just sent that page to my teammate and mm -hmm. I was like, here, recommend these podcasts. You know, so rather than us spending, you know, 45 minutes typing out a long detailed mm -hmm. email, we can be like, hey, listen to this. So that's just something that excites me that the longer that we do this, the greater the content library is going to be and the more help we can provide to people in a really quick and efficient way. So I think that's what really excites me about the podcast. Yeah, that's great. All right. Well, this takes us to the high pass segment, which is a segment where we ignore the lows and I ask you about some of your favorite things. So this will be a little bit of a rapid fire here. But first off is what's your favorite topic to write curriculum about and teach on? Well, my very favorite topic is studying the Bible, teaching kids the skills that they need to soundly read, interpret, and apply scripture, because I love when kids are equipped to do things mm -hmm. independently. So that is my favorite topic. <laughs> nice. What's one of your favorite stories from a listener about how Foundation Worldview Podcast has impacted their life? 
That's a good question. So the emails we get are more mm-hmm. from our curriculum than from our podcast. Gotcha. But my favorite story thus far has been a mom who took her son through our biblical worldview curriculum. And in that curriculum, the first unit, we talk about the difference between truths that are objective and feelings, which are subjective. And she told us she went to pick up her son one day from his school. And he got in the car. She was asking him about his day. And he said, Mom, it was really weird. And he explained that his teacher was absent. He had a substitute. The substitute was a man who was wearing a dress and had Mm. the class call him Miss So-and-so. And, And, you know, the mom had not had a conversation about transgenderism with her six-year-old son yet. And she was, like, internally freaking out. But she just asked him, hey, bud, so what did you think about that? And he was like, Mommy, it was so sad. She was like, why was it sad? And he was like, well, because he was believing his feelings rather than the truth that his body was telling him about who God designed him to be. And that's exactly why we create our curriculum, so that kids have these foundational transferable skills that they can take in any and every situation they encounter. So that's one of my favorite (laughs) stories that someone's written in. (laughs) Wow. Yeah, that's huge to hear a kid say something like that and process through it. I mean, it's great work that you're doing. All right. Last question in this segment. What's your favorite ministry podcast to listen to or learn from? So the one I just mentioned earlier, Bible Thinker Channel by Mike Winger. So I like it because he does really in-depth studies of scripture, but he also has a Friday afternoon live Q&A where he takes 20 questions from a live audience. And I've learned so much from that simply because he gets these questions that he has no idea of ahead of time. (laughs) And he just shows people like how to go to scripture to find answers. And so that's been incredibly helpful for me, not necessarily hearing his specific answers, but seeing how he models that process so that when I have a question, I know, okay, how can I... I go to scripture and get, you know, like a sound answer for this question that I have. That's great. All right. Well, as we wrap up our conversation today, one last question, and that's now that you're over a year, not quite two years, you're in that one to two year range. What's the best advice that you would give to ministry leaders? You've already shared several different things, but is there any additional advice or what's your best advice for somebody looking to start a podcast? Yeah, well, I mean, I would reiterate the things that I said before about having things, you know, like in the queue ahead of time, you know, doing research, making sure that you're paying people that are skilled, you know, in areas that you might not be skilled in. And then the other thing that I would encourage people to think through is think through who your audience is. Because sometimes as Christians, we just think like, oh, I just want to help the kingdom. And yes, that's a good thing. But who specifically has God called you to minister to and then think through not ways that you can alter stuff, you know, just to meet their felt needs, but Mm -hmm. like, how can you do things that are going to draw them in? Even if anybody's watching this, you know, as opposed to listening, you can probably see my background. And we've been very intentional, even at the background that we've chosen at Foundation Worldview, that we have a sofa in the background. Why? Mm -hmm. Because it makes it look like a home setting because most of our listeners are going to be moms. Where on the side, we have a bookshelf that has a little bit of the academic feel, but the books are arranged by color so that it doesn't feel stuffy. It's more, you know, visually appealing. And then also you cannot see my microphone right now. And that's very, very purposeful. We specifically got a microphone that didn't need to be right up against my mouth because if I have a microphone in the shot, that gives more of like a professional podcasting vibe where we're trying to draw in moms, where moms, you know, they're living life in the home. And so just think through like, who is your audience? How visually, you know, can you do things that are going to draw in your audience and make them feel known. So I think that can be a helpful tip if you're doing YouTube. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. That's great advice. Well, Elizabeth, thank you so much for taking the time to join me today and share some of your learnings and wisdom over 
the past year plus at this point and sharing some of the work that you get to do on an everyday basis. We really appreciate the work that you do and I hope it continues long into the future. Thanks, Tim. Thanks so much for having me on. I really enjoyed that conversation, and it was great to hear those stories of how the work Elizabeth and her team at Foundation Worldview is impacting the lives of kids and families all over the country, and how the podcast is a key part to amplifying their mission. I also really love the advice that Elizabeth shared from her business owner friend, hire talented people before you think you can afford them, because in the long run, you can't afford not to hire them. And I think that stuck out to me because I'm actually in that position right now with Sonomorphic, where I need to hire more talented people, and I probably should have hired sooner. Scaling the podcast production work that we do would have been a smoother process if we had, but you live and you learn, right? And we get to learn from some great ministry leaders on this podcast, which is why I love doing it so much. You can listen to Foundation Worldview Podcast with the link in the show notes. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of Ministries That Podcast, produced by Sonomorphic. If you enjoyed today's episode, please text it to a friend or share it on social media. I'd really appreciate it. Together, we can help more ministries grow and thrive through podcasting. And if you haven't already, follow or subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss out on the next one and leave a five-star review while you're at it. Now, come back in two weeks to hear from Anthony Russo, the creator behind The Bible is Funny, an Instagram account that later became a podcast and even a card game. We're going to talk about where the idea for The Bible is Funny came from, how this project has been an effort to get people to engage with the Bible, and how podcasting can build deeper relationships with your audience. Well, until next time, keep encouraging your audience as they follow Jesus. Jesus.